106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Gentlemen from New York Reserves, the, the gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Madam Speaker, I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Florida, Mr. Gates. The gentleman from Florida is recognized for two minutes. Seems to me that impeachment is an itch that doesn't go away with just one scratch. It also seems that President Trump may be most likely to be impeached when he is correct. Before the last presidential impeachment, President Trump rightly pointed out the improper activities of the Biden crime family, and subsequently he's been proven right. And don't think for a moment, Madam Speaker, that we're going to drop that or stop our pursuit for the truth. Before that, we had the Russia hoax, where you had the president rightly making claims that Hillary Clinton and the DNC were colluding with Russians to disorient our democracy. How right he turned out to be. And then we have the 2020 presidential election, where the president correctly pointed out unconstitutional behavior, voting irregularities, concerns over tabulations, dead people voting, and now impeachment again. When they go low, we kick them. Eric Holder, former attorney general under Barack Obama, breaching the Capitol was as low as low can be. We all denounce it. But who is it that they're kicking? The president, who created soaring highs for our economy, rising wages before the pandemic, 400 miles of wall to stop the caravans, who drew down troops in the Middle East and showed empathy for the forgotten men and women of our country. It's why so many people love him so much, and it's why they're kicking all of us. This president has faced unprecedented hatred and resistance from big media, big tech, and big egos, from congressional leaders on both sides of the aisle. Before the rioters tore through that glass, Speaker Pelosi stood at that rostrum and tore through the president's State of the Union speech, inciting anger, resentment, division. Some believe that truly these true colors are being shown now through this divisive partisan impeachment. The Speaker of the House, I would request an additional 40 seconds. Excuse, excuse, go through the Speaker, please. The gentleman from Ohio. Madam Speaker, I yield the gentleman an additional 40 seconds. The, uh, 40 four seconds, seconds or 40 seconds? Yep. 40 seconds. 45, I think, I think 45 seconds. I thank the gentleman. The speaker said to us just moments ago, words matter. But apparently those words don't matter when they're uttered by Democrats. When the gentlelady from Massachusetts calls for unrest in the streets. When the gentlelady from California brazenly brags that she called for people to get in the faces of those who serve and support the president. I denounced political violence from all ends of the spectrum. But make no mistake, the left in America has incited far more political violence than the right. For months, our cities burned, police stations burned, our businesses were shattered, and they said nothing. Or they cheerled for it, and they fundraised for it, and they allowed it to happen in the greatest country in the world. Now, some have cited, some have cited the metaphor that the president lit the flame. Well, they lit actual flames, actual fires. And we Time out expired. There will be order in the House. The gentleman from Ohio, do you wish to reserve your time? The gentleman. Hold. 
Can somebody please explain to me? Please explain something to me. I'm lost. I'm totally confused, okay? Please explain. Why do we need all these soldiers to protect Joe Biden from a bunch of flags? <laughs> I mean, they are using flags in to replace people. And they have all these soldiers down there. What the flag is going to do? The flag is going to attack Joe. What are the flags going to do? What they going to do to Joe? So we need all these troops that could be at home with their families, that could be at home with their wives, that could be at home with their children, they could be at home with their husbands, cooking meatloaf and spaghetti. But no, y'all got all these troops in D.C. for absolutely no reason. Absolutely no reason. I don't know one Trump supporter that wants to attack Joe Biden. I don't know one. The ones that do, they are not real Trump supporters. They are in disguise. They're, they are liberals pretending to be Trump supporters. Don't nobody care about Joe. So what's with all these... So <laughs> I'm not about to play with y'all. This is about the stupidest, the stupidest thing in the world. We are living in some very stupid times. Good podcast to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our 95th podcast, and the date is January 23, 2021. So um, <clears throat> we're happy you're able to listen today. I think slowly a few more people at, uh, each month or week are, are stumbling across the podcast and so thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. And um, if you're new, you can reach me at 530-713-1838. So that's obviously a follow-up call since you're not going to be here at while, hearing this podcast while I'm here, since we're not live streaming. 530-713-1838, um, that's on the West Coast. If you want to talk to me or you want to text me, uh, that's easy. You can also reach me by email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. I'll say it again, lou at nohostagesradio.com. So obviously there's a website with that, nohostagesradio.com. So if you want to look at some past, uh, any of the past uh, episodes or any of the articles I've written, you can go back there on that website and look at that. Or... Uh, if you know, if you want to just pull up podcasts and, uh, maybe that's the way you got, I don't, I don't know how people get to me sometimes, uh, at the end, of, at the end of the articles I write for the territorial dispatch, I list, you can, uh, you know, if, if people want to connect with me more often or read more or listen to more, they can go from that article and the territorial dispatch at the bottom. It gives the, uh, coordinates or the address for the website, so, uh, <clears throat> see, I think I covered it all. I wanted to talk uh, today uh, 
about. Oh, by the way, if you're new, we'll do six segments separated by some cool clips that I've set aside for you. Uh, And that'll give me a chance to just take a swig of iced tea and um, give you a chance to grab a cup of coffee or whatever you want to do and and, uh, not have to pay attention to me exactly. And you can listen to a clip. Uh, I wanted to, first of all, uh, remind you that weeks and days are ticking away to get the uh, tyrannical governor, one of the worst in the nation, uh, out of California. And some people have said to me, well, Lou, we'll probably just get somebody just as bad. I thought, you know, we don't need any more of this DNA in in California. We, you know, we're just going to get somebody as bad or why vote or why, 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 why? Let's just complain, complain, complain. And then like overdose on fentanyl or something. So, um, During the uh, Free and the Brave conference we just had out at uh, Church of Glad Tidings last weekend, we got lots of sign-ups. People came from all over Northern California. I think even some people came up from Southern California, but a lot of people, San Francisco North, all the way to the Oregon border. Uh, It was a great time to meet new friends, people that are going to fight the fight and not just uh, whine and mope around and uh, die in a lazy boy. So, um, let's see, what was I going to tell you about that? Uh, so anyway, the recall people were out there for Friday night, all day Saturday. That was like a 12 hour day for them and a half day Sunday. So I'm, I'm asking you to do something. You just seem to, you're watching on the news. If you watch the news, I don't, but I know a lot of people do and I can't believe I, I couldn't survive it. I would just go back to doing drugs. Uh, a lot of people are watching the news. If you're watching the news, it's either going to cause you to give up or get going. A lot of people are getting going. They're moving out of California and moving to other states. But I, I'll just say, and I don't, I don't regret or begrudge anybody moving. A lot of my friends have moved. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm telling you that this is not a California problem. This is an American problem. And we're having a full, uh, full-blown blitz by the Chinese. Uh, that's who's behind all this money, billions of dollars, buying off, uh, they're using sex, uh, extortion, uh, exposing people they know have done wrong things and, and holding that over the head so they'll vote right and they're just flat paying people off, giving them millions and billions of dollars to uh, lean their way. So it's a time to fight or flee. And some of you are fleeing and some of you are just, uh, some of you are giving up. Uh, which is, it just it's, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just the way human beings react. They, I read a book, and I, I don't know whether I loaned it to somebody. It was a great book on catastrophes. And this guy uh, did all this research, and, and they did research on airplane crashes, and they found that there's a certain percentage of people that they're going to they're gonna fight and scratch their way out of that plane when it hits the water or it hits the ground. And doesn't matter whether all the lights are out and the, the the whole cockpit is full of smoke and fire, they're gonna like they're just they're going for it. And uh, then there's a, a small there's another group of people that will just simply uh, resign themselves to die that this is their time and they'll just give up, won't even make an attempt to get out of the plane. And then there's that middle crew that'll kind of they're half-hearted about it. That's what you have in any kind of political situation. And um, 
what you see is that people that have lived through a very, very gnarly uh, experience in communism, many of them <clears throat> uh, just succumbed to it. In other ones, we heard from two, one from Czechoslovakia and one from Hungary, both women who were in their teens when they determined they were going to flee communism, even though you couldn't flee. They, they blocked the borders. You couldn't get out, et cetera, et cetera. But they made their mind up as young uh, teenage uh, ladies uh, that they were, they were not going to live under that oppression any longer. So um, the pitch here is to do something. I'm, I'm talking to people. I hope, <clears throat> well, I'm talking to people that I hope uh, are willing to work. Because if you're not willing to work, we don't need you. Uh, and I heard, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. He's a pastor from Nashville, I think. And he was back at the Trump, uh, the big demonstration back there. And uh, he just told the people in his church when he got back, he said it was an Antifa uh, they dressed up like Trumpsters and crashed the White House. But anyway, he's talking to people and he said, you know, if you're not willing to fight now, just leave my church because I want your seat for the people that are going to fight. We need to talk to them. And I thought, this is a guy after my own heart. And uh, so just to say it again, he's, he just told the people in the congregation, he said, if you're not, if you don't get it and you're, you have issues with me the way I'm talking, I wish you'd just find another church and it'll give us that seat. And it's a time for that. It's a time to fight. It's a time to stand up. Uh, and it's a time to go to work and uh, and to spread the truth. So uh, we, we can begin in California by recalling this governor. And we have till about, realistically, we have till about March 10th. So that's less than 60 days away. And uh, so we can, we need some more signatures. And you can become a... Uh, helper to get signatures and you can go to recall gavin g-a-v-i-n 2020 the numbers 2020 recall gavin 2020.com and you can download or you can print off petitions there so if it's so if it's an eight and a half by 11 petition don't print it on an 11 by 17 or some odd piece of paper you got to do it exactly like they say and you have to sign exactly like you've registered to vote and you have to put your proper address in, and you don't want to scribble. Your signature's got to match the signature when you register to vote, but you need to print your name and print the address. I mean, print your address. Well, the name needs to be printed and signed. Then you need the address, etc. But don't scribble the address. Don't screw it up. And only sign up one county's worth of people on one petition. If you've got people from two counties, do two separate petitions. We need people to go out and get signatures. Now, it's just not that hard. We do it all the time at the church I attend. We, we're constantly signing people up. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signatures out there. You need to do your part. It's, it's, we were way past the time when you, somebody, you know, it's, a lot of, it's interesting. A lot of people go to work every day, come home, and uh, they think, hey, I'm working for a living. I've never taken welfare. I've never taken unemployment. I'm a hard worker, da-da-da. But, but when it comes to politics— and preserving your liberty, preserving your freedom, preserve, preserving your rights. People have an entitlement mentality. Hey, you owe them to me. Somebody paid for them. Somebody figured it out back yonder. 
and somebody is, fought for them and gave their life. So now I'm not going to do crap. I'm just going to sit here and drink beer and uh, shuck and jive, and and I get them. I'm telling you, you're losing them, and it may be too late, or it may not be. It depends. It depends on you. And if you think you're just going to have an entitlement mentality, entitlement mentality, you're going to lose big, and your kids are going to lose. If if you don't want to do it, if you're lazy and you're overweight and you're a mess, and your wife wish wish you drop dead because you're a pain in the rear, uh, maybe you can you know turn that around and change something. Maybe the motivation would be doing it for your kids or your grandkids. Maybe you don't care because you don't. They're not going to change the country enough to make it different for you. So anyway, uh, recall Gavin2020.com. Now, if you go on there, if, if you don't have a printer, just go on there and look up on face the different Facebook pages and find the, your county, and it'll tell where to sign up at your county, in your county. And there's sign-up places at all 58 counties, let me tell you. So let's get it on. Just go out and get five or ten signatures. You know, if you, if you, have, if you haven't accomplished anything in your life the last 40 years, how about getting five signatures, 10 signatures? Just go get it. I'm moving on. I want to talk about a guy uh, named Joseph Mingle, J-O-S-E-F-M-E-N, M like in Mickey, M-E-N-G-E-L-E. Nice looking guy, <clears throat> uh, German guy. You may or may not have heard of, uh, heard of him because in schools now they teach. Uh, in fact, I just saw t- statistics where a lot of kids couldn't even uh they're only about 15 18 percent proficient in history now uh the school system by the way is in the tank even if if you go back to school you're better off educating your own kids you think oh i don't i don't know much ah you that's good enough you, you'll edu- your kids will come out lots better than our public schools right um so anyway, George, Joseph Mengele uh, was in the military, the, the German military, Nazi military, and uh, he was a doctor. <clears throat> and uh, first he was working as a doctor, and then they they moved him on up. He was also, he eventually uh, was put in charge of the death camps. And he was, he was actually, he got the nickname Kiss of, De- Kiss of Death or Angel of Death. Um, let's see. Mainly remembered for his actions at Auschwitz concentration camp, where he performed deadly experiments on prisoners and was a member of the team of doctors who selected victims to be killed in the gas chambers. He was one of the doctors who administered, actually give, gave the gas and shot the gas in there. With Red Army troops sweeping through Poland, Mengels was transferred uh, 280 kilometers, 170 miles from Auschwitz to the Gross Rosen, Gross Rosen, concentration camp on January 17, 1945, just 10 days before the arrival of Soviet forces uh, got to Auschwitz. Before the war, Mengele had received, this is an amazing guy, Mengele had received doctorates in anthropology and in medicine and began a career as a researcher, medical researcher. He joined the Nazi party in 1937. Um, he was assigned as a battalion medical officer at the start of the war. And then in 1943, early, early 43, he moved over to the camps. He did experiments on uh, human subjects. Uh, he conducted genetic research. 
His experiments focused primarily on twins with no regard for the health or safety of the victims. Now, you might wonder, because they had the Nuremberg trials where they held Nazis uh, to account for their crimes against humanity. And I didn't, I, I got to thinking about Mingles, Joseph Mingles, uh, or Mingle, this week. So I've been looking, looking him up, and, uh, and I was hoping to see that he hung or got shot or something. But he escaped. He fled to South America where a lot of Nazis went, and he made it to Argentina by boat in July of 1949. Uh, he was assisted by a network of former SS members. He initially lived in and around Buenos Aires, then fled to Paraguay in 1959 and then Brazil in 1960, keeping on the move all the while being sought by West German and Israel and Nazi hunters such as Simon Weisenthal. Uh, Weisenthal wanted to bring him to trial and to account for his uh, torture um, and gruesome experiments and killing of so many Jews with gas. Mingle eluded capture in spite of all extradition requests by the West German government and the different secret operations of the Israeli intelligence agency Mossad. However... In 1979, just think of how many years, 30, what, 34 years from the end of the war, he went on and lived a wonderful life in South America. I'm sure all his needs were met. He drowned in 1979 after suffering a stroke while swimming off the coast of Bertioga or Bertiaga and was buried under the false name of Wolfgang Gerhard. His remains were eventually disinterred and positively identified by forensic uh, scientists. Why would I bring him up? I'm comparing him to our infamous Fong Lu, the Vietnamese health doctor who was killing and uh, causing people to lose their life uh, in a number of ways, through COVID, through suicide, through depression. Uh, people have lost their businesses, people have lost their families, their marriages. And um, her, she also was a uh, highly acclaimed uh, student studying in college and then went on to medical school, was funded by the Paul Soros Foundation and worked for a time in the Mariani Islands uh, doing um, health work there. <clears throat> but she's actually, uh, if you read her bio, she comes with some uh, pretty uh, interesting remarks about her, positive remarks. But as a, uh, a state employee, she's like uh, a lot of Nazi employees. They simply said, I'm doing my job. She is a liar. She's a deceiver. She's either that or she's mentally ill. Because you can't be that smart. <clears throat> And tell people that it's healthy to wear a mask all day. To tell people that it's healthy to stay indoors. To tell people to not uh, get together with crowds. To tell people uh, that they need to not be close to each other. They need to stay apart. Uh, to tell people that they should take a vaccine that is actually making people sick throughout the country and killing some people. 
Uh, in fact, it killed a doctor in his 50s. He was healthy as a horse. The, the, the examination on him said COVID, the COVID vaccine, not COVID, the COVID vaccine definitely 100% killed a very healthy doctor. Now, um, uh, Lou is also very deceptive. Because she keeps telling us that the that the va- the uh, flu the Wuhan flu is 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 uh, growing, but when they when they keep adding these numbers, the numbers they're adding are when they're snaking your nose down into your throat. Uh, what they're finding uh, is not current flu; it's like maybe the flu passed through you. And so they're adding that to the COVID numbers. Now, the problem with the PCR test is it's over 90% incorrect. So when they say they've added 25 more cases or 120 cases, those aren't new infections. Those aren't people with a temperature. Like today, I went to the courthouse and they they asked me all kinds of questions, whether I had had the flu, been around people that had the flu, da, 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 and then they took my temperature. And... Uh, so the deceptive advertising that is going on all over the, the, uh, the nation is to drive you to be fearful. When you're fearful, your immune system uh, is suppressed or gets uh, diminished, and you get sick. Fear plus immune system equals sickness. It will diminish your immune system. Being incarcerated in your house and not having interaction with other people causes your immune system to be weak. It's like sitting in a lazy boy instead of walking a mile a day. Uh, You're going to have stronger legs and stronger uh, health, better health, when you uh, are uh, taking care of business in that way. I'm going to take a break right now. That 20 minutes just blew past, and uh, I'll be right back. Yo, man, yo, open up, man. Yo, what you want, man? My constituents just caught me. You let them catch you? I don't know how I let this happen. Wait, where? The place next door, you know? Wait, I thought you ordered all the restaurants to close. Man, I don't know what to do. Just say it wasn't you. All right. Voter came and then they caught me red-handed eating at the place next door. Were there a lot of people there? Picture this, it was not that vacant. Like a hundred peeps or more. How could I? A prime example of a really big hypocrisy. You don't understand we're not like other creatures. Rules do not apply to us, we are the leaders. Voters can't be trusted to be indoor eaters. They are more contagious after all their mouth breathers. Just tell them it's important to follow all the law. How any violation might kill a grandma. Why you do what you want, even pardon in laws. Mr. Mayor, how would you prefer your foie gras? Donated. Sir, we saw you at a party. It wasn't me. Eating at the French Laundry. It wasn't me. You even had the clam chowder. It wasn't me. Sir, we got you on camera. It wasn't me. You said we can't be super spreading. It wasn't me. So I missed my brother's wedding. It wasn't me. You jailed a barber for hairdressing. I have a wedding. This is getting upsetting. Well, the government of Jersey is very determined to crack down on crime, not murders and rapes, but anyone who criticizes the governor of New Jersey on Fox News. And that would include the people who run the Attila's gym. The owners of that gym have refused to stay closed this year. In November, we spoke to the owner, Ian Smith. So Frank and I are currently being fined uh, personally. Uh, Governor Murphy has, has attempted to pierce the LLC 
he has fined us $15,497.76 per day. That fine day? started as per day, yes. Well, the utility gym has not paid those fines, but the state didn't wait around to litigate or adjudicate. They just took $170,000 from the gym's bank account because they can do that because they're the state. They don't have to ask permission. So we asked the state of New Jersey about this. They gave us this statement, quote, the state previously obtained a judgment from the court in the amount of $134,463.08, which the state intended to collect. Apparently the funds were a reference you reference were frozen as a result of a bank levy having been issued due to the state's collection efforts, which is part of the enforcement of a judicial order. Okay, keep in mind, that all sounds very legal. If you stop paying your rent, how long does it take you to get evicted from your apartment? Probably New Jersey, a year or two? This happened like that. They targeted these people. Ian Smith is one of them. He's the owner of the gym. He joins us tonight. Ian, thank you for coming on. I'm sorry about this. Thank you for having uh, me talk about has, has the murder rate dramatically declined in, say, Camden? I, I mean, it seems like the state is focusing an awful lot of resources no, on crushing No, I think it's actually higher, actually. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I'll stop ranting. Oh, tell us what the state of affairs <laughs> is tonight. So as of yesterday morning, uh, my partner and I checked the bank statement in the morning, and we had no money in our bank account. Uh, the state mm. emptied out every single dollar that we have. This is in the middle of an appeals process and ongoing litigation in the matter of the fines and several other matters regarding the state, including a lawsuit against Governor Murphy and Jill, uh, Judith Persichelli herself. Um, this is, as, as simple as I can put it, this is an interference with our right to counsel. This money in our bank account does not come from memberships. We have not charged our members since April 1st, since we originally shut down. This is donations and this is t-shirt sales that we have used to pay our bills and to fight our legal battles. And it is a clear and it is a, a, a blatant violation of our constitutional rights and our ability to defend ourselves in the court of law. How long do you think they'll allow cryptocurrency to exist? <laughs> Sorry, just a thought. Probably if not they, too long if they, can, if they, they can't can, seize it from you. No, they can't. And that's actually one of the uh, most frequent recommendations for people who want to continue to donate is to set up a crypto account. Yeah, while you still can. Uh, so now that they've taken all your money and you can't afford legal defense, what's your path forward? Uh, we will be we will be fundraising. We we put out a video last night explaining the problems that we're facing, and we put out a call to help to to the many people who have supported us from the beginning, and and the many people who have learned about our story along the way, and. We've got a, a 450 t-shirt orders to fill and um, a lot of donations coming in. So from now on, we're going to pull all of our money out and we're going to just go at it in cash and, and write checks as we go. Um, there will be no money in our bank accounts and we'll continue to fight this no matter what. I just want to very quickly remind our viewers of two things. You haven't spread COVID to anybody. And I'm reminding the Goldman Sachs guy who runs your state you're being punished for trying to keep people healthy and trim in the middle of a pandemic that kills people who are overweight and out of shape. Doing more than Absolutely. he has to save people's lives, and of course you're being destroyed for it. I didn't back down because I'm a Christian, I'm American, and I'm not gonna back down from a mob who tries to tell me what to think. My name is Reagan Eskide. I'm 22 years old and I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana.
I noticed a trend within the evangelical church and a lot of leaders and pastors who are, are straying from the true gospel. And I had it on my heart to share from a biblical perspective on how we as Christians should be approaching the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I really went into detail about the movement and about how as Christians we should not be using secular narratives to find a resolution that's a spiritual problem. It's not a worldly problem. And here we are prescribing worldly solutions to a spiritual problem. And so I made a video addressing all of this and it went viral. I received a lot of backlash for it. Um, the mob of leftists really did not agree with it. It didn't sit well with them. People began contacting my boss and harassing my employer, um, making threats to the owners of the company that I worked for, and they came to the conclusion to terminate my employment with the company and to fire me. Uh, it didn't come from a place of people wanting to educate me or to have a debate with me or a conversation. It was more, we don't like you, we don't like your views, check it off my list, you're done. It's been a roller coaster of emotions, I think. Um, I was disappointed, but I also knew God had a purpose in this, and I, and I knew His name was being glorified through this. Regardless of what you know, the mob thought, I, I always knew that, that Christ's name will be glorified in the end. I knew that God had put it on my heart to share that message, and I knew it was a message that was of the silent majority. It wasn't a message that, that was the mainstream. And so, as hard as it was to face the backlash, and as hard as it was to face the harassment, I have just as much of a freedom of speech and a freedom of opinion as anyone else does. And just because someone tells me I'm wrong and that I'm awful for feeling the way that I do doesn't mean I need to change my opinion to submit to them and gain approval. My approval doesn't come from the world. My approval comes from God. And that's the only approval that I should be seeking and that we should be seeking as Christians. And so it, it makes me wonder, okay, what, what is this path that the left is trying to get us to follow? And why is it okay in one situation, but not okay in another? And so when we have people like me or like you who are conservative Christians and find it important to empower young people and important to speak the truth, we shouldn't back down and hesitate from the truth because people, people are hungry for the truth. I'm not backing down from the mob just because they disagree. Why would I submit? Why would I, why would I let them win? When I know what I'm speaking is truth, when I know what I'm speaking is powerful and is life-changing, it's, it's not worth it. Um, we're not called to be like the world. We're not called to be like the world. We're called to be like Christ. To the people who wanted to cancel me and make me viral, you made me viral and you made my voice louder. Just a simple touch and set you free. We don't have to So Dr. Lou has been uh, doing everything in her power to cause our community to be incredibly unhealthy. When you t pull kids out of school and uh, their parents aren't able to care for them well because the parents are either having to go to work and leaving them with other people or the parents are at home all day with them and they don't know what to do with them with this school thing. They're frustrated. Kids need to be playing with kids. To forbid kids to play is evil. It's barbaric. To forbid people to go into the hospital to say goodbye to their loved ones as they, as they die is barbaric. And to blame it all because of we're trying to control the common cold. It's the first time in history that these uh, Frankenstein scientists have ever tried to stop 
the common cold on the whole earth. Now what they're doing is they're, they're going to be um, continuing to have COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21, 22, 23. They'll just have one gig, you know, because bugs come and go, do they not? If you've got any years on you, haven't you been sick every once in a while, right? And you never got the label on it, the the name of it. You just took care of yourself, went down to the drugstore, went to the doctor if it got really bad, but normally just took some rest, got got rid of it, and moved on. Now, the the globalists are trying to get you to take a vaccine, get used to taking vaccines. Ultimately, I don't know what whether this one's got the uh, the chip in it, but or the just a fragment. It's not a big chip, but a fragment that will attach to your DNA, and then they'll be able to track you wherever you go from a satellite. If if it's not a conspiracy theory, you can look at vaccine people like Bill Gates, talk about it right on YouTube. It is not off in the future. They got it dialed in. Dr. Liu uh, should be held accountable, just like Mengel. They were trying to hold him accountable. Probably she will use the excuse, I'm just doing my job, right? You know, so many, I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody said, criticize the Nazis for how could they, how could they kill all those people? How could they harass all those people? How how could they uh, experiment on these people? When you tell people, tell little kids, two, three-year-old kids, four-year-old kids, they have to wear a mask. You're experimenting on people. There are all kinds of, you know, there are no mask studies that say that masks prevent any kind of disease. There are lots of mass studies to, to say that masks give you an illness. I'm not going to repeat that. You either get it the first time or you have to pay for this show. There are all kinds of studies to show that when you lock people up in their homes, when you force them to stay away from one another, and when you force families to not be together, it causes mental illness. People have killed themselves, overdosed. All kinds of things are going on. All because Dr. Lou, uh, you, you know why I keep looking at her, focusing on her? Like, for instance, today I went to the courthouse. I'm t- trying to help a lady through a problem she has. They took her kid away. Uh, the CPS, Child Protective Services. So I'm up there and the, I go in the courthouse. So they, I got to go through all the screening, COVID screening. And then they give me a mask because I'm not wearing a mask. And so I put it in my pocket. And the, the guys at the courthouse, the guys that are screening people, they're nice. They say, hey, I just want to remind you, you got to put that on to go into court up above. They're, they're not going to let you in there. So I walk up. I know that Bray left because I used to work with him in the jail. And he said, hey, hey, hey. I just opened the door. He said, don't even walk in here unless you put that mask on. Now, it, it, the interesting thing is that the judge had a mask on. The clerk reporter, the court reporter had a mask on. The legal secretaries had a, everybody had a mask on in there. These are intelligent people. These are people that not only went to college, they, I, I think probably the bailiff went to college. They all had masks on. Do you th- Why were they doing that? That mask... Is like trying to keep mosquitoes from flying through a chain link fence. Why would they do that? That's stupid. It's like it's like like all the men in there wearing condoms and they're not even sleeping with anybody right then. They're just working, putting a condom on. It's crazy. 
It's just stupid. And yet they're all doing it. Why are they doing it? Because they're being told to do that from somebody up above, just somebody a little higher. And so you can see how society can be controlled because what do they control you with? Money, loss of your job, loss of your ability to buy food, security, you know, all those things, pay for your house. They just threaten you. And it's a very few people that are independent enough in their job or financially or whatever, or they're just not going to put up with it. They'll go get another job uh, that will stand up against it. Most people would just fold in that courthouse. I'm telling you, uh, or if I go, if I drove down to any, even a grocery stores around here, almost hundred percent of people have a mask on. <coughs> so we criticize the Nazis. We, we need to apologize to the Nazis that, that killed Jews. They were just doing their job, dude. And, you, and a lot of you just going out there wearing masks, standing six feet apart, instead of us like saying bullshit on you guys. Forget you guys. You guys are nuts. And all this peer pressure, like, hey, take your peer pressure and shove it. I'm out of here. So um, anyway, Dr. Lou uh, should be held accountable. By the way, here's what I, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for some help. <clears throat> Dr. Lou lives in Elk Grove. If you know anybody in Elk Grove, if you give me uh, Dr. Lou's address in Elk Grove, we want to go down there and pick it, her house. And, uh, but I haven't had time to fuss around with where she lived. Uh, if it's worth 50 bucks to you, uh, just give me your address. And, uh, and so we can go down there. We're going to be picketing her house. We're tired of uh, just trying to talk to supervisors. They're not going to do anything. Uh, she's going to need to quit. But we can make it rough on her down there in Elk Grove. Uh, we have a right to picket and be out in front of her house, right in the neighborhood. Hey, we got a right. It's a free country in that way still. So if you got, if you want to do a little research, if you're a researcher, if you're a private investigator, or you know how to figure out where people live, uh, her name is P-H-U-O-N-G, Fong Lu. Um, she's a doctor, right? She lives in, I'm told she lives in Elk Grove. Okay. The second thing is somebody, I don't know who it was. It was an anonymous sent me the, uh, appeals legal paperwork on Jonathan Wright, who got canned twice. Now he got canned. Then he appealed. They, they still, they upheld his getting fired. Jonathan Wright was the, uh, <clears throat> public works guy, building inspector, public works type guy. And uh, he was fired by Mar Marty Brown at the city of Marysville. And uh, then super, uh, the city council folks, Brad Hudson and Bruce Buttacavoli, <clears throat> in spite of him being fired for good reason, uh, they wanted him to hire him back after they fired Marty Brown for no reason because they just got a bean up their nose. And she'd done a good job. So uh, they ended up trying to hire him back, Jonathan Wright. And, but he went through and appealed his firing. And the, and the interim city manager uh, upheld the firing. So anyway, somebody sent me the uh, document, 16 pages of documents. But I, if you listen to this show, the last three pages were, were blacked out. I, I'm, in other words, they didn't record. So if you still have those documents... I'm not going to write anything about it until I get those last three pages. I'm not going to get hung out to dry. So 
uh, 14, 15, and 16 did not come through. So if you listen to this show, either resend them or stick them in my mailbox at uh, 645 11th Street in Marysville. Uh, or you can email them back to me. It's fine. But uh, all the other pages were beautiful. But when I got to the last three pages, it was it just it said a little deal on them. It didn't download or didn't do something right. So I, maybe you passed it on. You didn't read them. I don't know. But whatever that is. So I need uh, Jonathan Wright's stuff. Uh, I got the rest of it. It's uh, ridiculous that that I, I can't even believe. I the, the longer the the longer that that I I kind of like that uh, Buddha Cavoli and Hudson, and I just you know I didn't have anything much to do with them. I just thought hey decent guys okay okay. The longer they're on that city council, it's freakier for me. When I read the thirteen of sixteen pages of the appeal and the arguments and all the witnesses, I thought God. I would have fired him 20 times in a row. What a nincompoop, insubordinate, sloppy, arrogant, uh, full of baloney guy. Jeez, and these guys think he's such hot stuff? I thought, baby, we are on a total different playing field in terms of what we think is great. I don't know who you, you guys, who you work with. Man, I work with a high-quality group of employees and uh, that guy would never fly at, at where I worked for tw- over 20 years at Church of Glad Tidings. That guy would never have been tolerated. But I'm not going to write anything on it until I get the last three pages. So, uh, okay, Dr. Lu Fong Lu, F-P-H-U-O-N-G-L-U-U. Uh, okay, Elk Grove, and then the last three pages of that other deal, okay? All right. <clears throat> well, I wanted to... Uh, just say that some people are getting overwhelmed with uh the uh the goings on <clears throat> back uh back east so uh in throughout our country because of the new administration that's taken over some people think they're only going to be there a while and then they're going to get overthrown again <clears throat> but we'll see you know i'm believing for it but we'll see uh i'm so what i wanted to mention is that uh, the masks are coming off. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about those little pieces of fabric around your face. I'm talking about the mask of when people portray themselves as one thing and then are something else. And what we're seeing is full-blown communism. And uh, and what we see in, in terms of the media is full-blown in the the Soviet Union used to have this their whole media or their public relations outlet was called uh, Pravda P R A V D A Pravda and what we now and so Pravda was was everything you heard from Pravda back then was kind of, we used to in the west even as a young person a paper reader newspaper reader we would just get a kick out of Pravda because it was obviously a lie of what they were saying and so now we have become the the global Pravda. We have become the U.S. Pravda, and uh, and so now we have a full press tilt going on of spreading lies. It's just not it's just not twisting the truth a little bit. It's just told lies. 
And then they will not tell things that are accurate and good. They will not tell that if it favors the other side. So there's been a lot of referrals over the last couple of years during the Trump years to George Orwell, the writer George Orwell, who wrote 1984. And his this is a quote of George Orwell's. It says, the further a society drifts from truth. Remember, Jesus said the truth will set you free. And it said, get truth, get knowledge. The the book of Proverbs says, seek after truth, seek after knowledge, hold on to it like a precious jewel. So George Orwell says, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. Boy, I tell you, isn't that the truth? People that speak up and speak the truth for people that don't want to hear it. Oh, they get all fired up. So uh, this article says, said we've since seen the censoring of talk radio on YouTube, uh, although this was slightly restored. uh, But there's been ongoing censoring and including top qualified microbiologists and and physicians, qualified scientists, physicians on YouTube that are speaking from their expertise because it doesn't go along with the agenda of the liberal or Democrat Party, the Communist Party the United States. It's the Democrats. Uh, the fact that they went out and banned a president from being able to speak to the American people on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the best thing we can do on most of these uh, platforms is, is to switch platforms. Yeah, it's going to be changed. It's going to be difficult. Listen, every time, you know, the right thing, doing the right thing is often difficult. Like, I'm going up here to court to fight for this lady's baby, and I am not happy having to go over there every day. But I'm happy to help her and help this young child. But I am not happy it's going to get ugly before it gets good. That's what I think over there. And I'm probably going to get get some uh, mad people mad at me over over there at the courthouse. But I'm not going to let this thing go. I'm going to be over there. But it's taking time. Uh, It's taking energy. It's taking putting up with people hounding me about masks and all that kind of stuff so uh this is a i'm gonna just read you this conversation this is this is a 2020 conversation doctor doctor i think i have the flu oh really what symptoms have you got a cough achiness oh no i'm perfectly well perfectly well no symptoms at all now this is the dr lou flu right? The Dr. Lou's Wuhan flu. I feel perfectly well, no symptoms whatsoever. Then what makes you think you have got the flu, says the doctor? I just think I might have it. Can I have the test? You know, have you noticed how people just want the test? Give me the test. Can I have it? And then they're so excited. I got it. I'm positive. Did you know I'm positive? Do you feel bad? No, I don't feel bad, but I'm positive. Isn't that great? It's like a badge of honor that they stuck a a snake down your nose. People have lost their minds in this country. I'd rather hang out with a heroin addict than a lot of these people. They're nuts. They're weird. They're they're tweakers without the methamphetamines. This is like saying, uh, I want to have surgery. And they say, why do you want surgery? I remember when I 
I went in and my knee was acting up one one year after I'd been I'd had surgery on it 20 years before. It was kind of clicking and snapping and popping and making noise. And I went in and had the doctors check it, check it or I said, maybe it needs a little tune up. And they said, Lou, we just think you need to go to the gym and, and work out. And I said, you, you don't want to go in there and just scope it out. And they said, Lou, if you want to pay us to poke a hole in your knee and operate on your knee again, we'll do it. You pay us, we'll cut your knee open. Or you can just go to the gym like we think it is and build your calves and your thighs up. And we think that'll tighten your knee up and you're not going to have that sloppiness. Okay. People are trying to talk themselves into surgery around here on this Wuhan flu. And Dr. Liu is trying to make it sound like you got terminal cancer because the PCR test, which is wrong, Nine times out of 10. And then she adds it to the statistics and councilmen post it up on Facebook, for God's sake. You talk about scaring the hell out of people. Just why don't you just put it up there and change it by the moment? Why don't we put it on a, a lit board that like they, you know how they tell your, your mileage or your, uh, how fast you're going. Let's like to, you remember at McDonald's, they used to tell how many burgers are eating. Let's have a deal that changes as you drive down the street so we can have people drive by and scream. Ah, somebody else died. Oh my God. Two other people got a snake, snake their nose. And they said they got, they got uh, COVID. I thought we have lost our mind. People. We, we would join and help gas people to just be a part of the, part of the system. You know, can I hold the hose? Can I turn on? Could I turn on the valve? Can I like, can I put the ramp up into the train cars? Can I do something for you, Dr. Lou? Anything, anything. Unbelievable. Guy says, we've already seen the chief medical advisor telling people who don't have an illness to act as if they do have an illness, like wear a mask. Everybody for the next hundred days has got to wear a mask. Can you imagine a president of the United States saying for the next hundred days, everybody wear a mask. You know what I'm doing over here? I'm flipping him the bird with both hands. We've already seen the rollout of a funky vaccine. The study isn't even done yet. And what people are just like, I want it. Can I get it first? How come just the first responders are going to get it? Can I get it? You know, why can't I get it? I want it. I want it. I want it. I thought you people are nuts to, to not get the common cold, to just not get a cold. You're going to let somebody inject funky particles into your body. I thought, man, I thought I was stupid for taking LSD. So the, the, the vaccine studies are supposed to, some of them are going to be done on January 27th, 2023. This is where you you say that people are that are taking the vaccines have become the guinea pigs, folks. Be right back. You may not have a car at all. Hello and welcome to the 77th annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. Um, 
you'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, NBC clearly don't care either. Fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. <laughs> Lucky for me, the Hollywood foreign press can barely speak English. And they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So, yeah, remember that. Um, but you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no, shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for. Okay, that must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, I love you, man, don't have me whacked. Um, but tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. <laughs> He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year... It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, <laughs> fifth time. So, we were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win, everything, good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer, and it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. But m seriously, most films are awful, lazy, remakes, sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that would just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one then.
all the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got, a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. No point. We know we'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, that... It was. My fact. My, yeah, it was great. Uh, long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So... <laughs> Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. You're nearly 50, son. Um, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. <laughs> he was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, and the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> but Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... <laughs> I can't do this next joke. <laughs> because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her <laughs> Furball, furball. She's old school. Um, <laughs> it's the last time, who cares? Oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. Okay, so you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much. So you got the brains, but have you got the touch? We have international organizations telling us that restrictions are likely to continue for the foreseeable future. Salvation by vaccine notwithstanding. In other words, doesn't matter you get the vaccine, we're just going to lock society down. Freedom is a thing of the past. Liberty, freedom is a thing of the past. I'm just communicating with people in Vietnam tonight, and we were just 
and Cambodia. I was having communication with both Cambodia people and Vietnam, and it's just, they said the border's over there locked up tight. He said people aren't able to make enough money for food. All the hotels in which hotels in Vietnam are really tourist driven hotels. It's not locals staying in them as much They're all tourism hotels, thousands and thousands of they're all closed, all closed restaurants, all closed. Not like here where they're kind of staying up. They, they just, they, they depend on a huge tourism business. They just have given up all that. All these people don't have any way to make a living. Unbelievable. Much worse than here. This guy says, yet the real story of 2021, if anyone is allowed to tell it, because we no longer have freedom of speech, is likely to be mass censorship. What we are already seeing is ironically an unmasking, like I mentioned earlier. Unmasking. It's getting scary when people take off their masks. The masks are coming off and freedom is being crushed. Choose what the guy says, choose choose which side y'all are going to be on. Uh, article here in the Breitbart, 40%. You know, you know there's photos. I don't know if anybody's still on Facebook. I've still got it up for finishing off some stuff. 40% of L.A. firefighters decline to show up for vaccine day. Check it out. Think they're stupid down there in LA? I've seen all on Facebook all these U City firefighters out. Hey, yeah, we're like injecting each other. They even trained some of the firefighters to inject. They're injecting each other. I thought, dudes, I hope you. I know they don't know what they're doing. They freaky, just freaky. Uh, so they just forty percent of LA fire department uh, failed to turn up for voluntary vaccinations against the coronavirus, following a pattern of reluctance seen among many. Frontline health workers. You remember in the paper the other day, maybe you don't read the paper, but it's Dr. Lou said very strangely, very vaguely. You know, normally she's like right to the right down to the penny on how many people got. Oh, we got this many. We're in the blue. No, we're in the pink. We're in the purple. Oh, we had this many died. No, we had this many tests. We have this. We have that. She knows all of it by memory. But then when it, she talks about, well, yeah, there's been some healthcare workers refuse to take the vaccine what does som mean some a hundred one fifty a hundred and ninety some who are they are they doctors lab workers who are these people just this past week only 143 firefighters visited one of the department's vaccination centers you might think that's a lot, but at L.A., come on, baby, there's a lot of firefighters in L.A. So far, 1,944 of the agencies, just under 3,400 members, firefighters, 3,400 in that, in that L.A. fire department have been inoculated, leaving 4 in 10 vulnerable to the highly infectious coronavirus. This is so much bull, folks, so much bull. Like, and so many people just buy it. They just buy it. One day on a, on a uh, basketball trip uh, in high school, we were do a prank occasionally. We wanted to prank this guy. And uh, so, you know, guys will eat. They're always eating, constantly eating at that age. And so we brought a, uh, we told him it was meatloaf, 
but it was actually just uh, dog meat, a dog food sandwich. And he ate it. People, people do the strangest things. He didn't know what it was. I guess it tastes all right with him. Put ketchup on it. T- everything tastes good. This article said the reluctant of L.A. firefighters add to the list of healthcare workers in the state who are declining to take the vaccine, a trend that health experts say could have serious public health. Why would it have serious implications for the common cold? We're not talking smallpox. We're not talking stopping syphilis. We're not talking about stopping polio, some gnarly diseases. We're talking about the common cold. You're going to risk your immune system to stop the common cold when you're like in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Firefighters aren't 65 or 75. The Times, I guess it's the L.A. Times, added that the mayor down there is considering making vaccine mandatory for firefighters and others on the front lines of the fight. You know something? It's just becoming Nazism. Mandating this and mandating that. You can't go over here. You can't leave your house. You can't drive to another city. Got to get a vaccine passport. The Chronicle reported Saturday that the state still has 2 million unused doses of the vaccine. I guess they claim a big old bunch. In fact, Dr. Lou was talking about it. Big old bunch of the Moderna vaccine was funky. That's Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci's operation, Moderna. Only 38% of 3.1 million doses delivered to the state actually being given so far. But they're being given out. I don't know. People wanting them. You know, my, I don't worry about it because I'm not having to live in their body. Right? I'm not having, I'm not going to should on them. I got a t-shirt that says, don't should on me. One of the inmates at Yuba County Jail had it made when she got out for me because I taught a class on don't should on people. If you don't should on them, they won't should on you. Let people alone. Let them. It's a free country, right? I tell people, I'm not shooting on you. I'm just going to tell you what's worked for me. I'm not going to tell you you should do it. It may not be best thing for you. I may think it is, but I'm not going to do that to you. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. I'm just making, I'm double checking to make sure I'm covering everything properly here today. All right. I'm I'm just going to make a couple comments about this. A new article talks about where Americans are headed in uh, to uh headed the most in 2020. Where where did they go in 2020 when they're on the move from one state to another? You probably say California to Texas, right? So l- this is pretty cool. You know, I, I get a kick out of economists. I, I love to read books by economists that are have tell about modern things that are going on, you know, because they always come up with these amazing analyses on, on why things are shaken the way they are. So um, so COVID is causing people to move because it's it's hurting their jobs. They lose their jobs and um, a lot of things like that. And they. And then there's less freedom in some states, right? So U-Haul, how would you determine where people are moving? You'd have to do a census almost, right? Ask people how long you lived here. Where did you come from, right? But if you go to U-Haul 
and just do a little, you can get a, a sampling from what's happening with U-Haul and then extrapolate that out. So uh, the ones who rented one-way U-Hauls, like trailers and trucks, uh, they, they I think they looked at one million, no, they compiled the results from more than two million one-way U-Haul rental customer transaction. Two million, that's a lot. And here's what they found. That these are one way, so they're not headed over here and then bringing something back. They're they're just they're on the move and they're staying over there. And so in 2020, during the year, the full year, Tennessee claimed the top spot. Man, and I kind of wondered because you know you hear about Texas, but you hear lots of people going down to Tennessee and Nashville and all that down there. And uh, Tennessee claimed the top spot for the most one-way U-Haul arrivals versus departures for the first time ever. Arrivals accounted for 50.6% of all one-way U-Haul traffic uh, in Tennessee, according to U-Haul, a 12% increase over last year. Uh, Florida, which came in first in 2019, slipped to third. So I think they kind of switched spots, Tennessee and Florida. And uh, Texas was up there. It's it's ranked in the top two states since 2015. Number two, uh, let's see, Florida came in first in 2019, fell to third. So here's the scoop. Top 10. um, Tennessee, this is the top one. Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Ohio, Arizona, Colorado, Missouri, Nevada, North Carolina, Georgia. I've got people. People from moved right from here, Yuba Sutter County is where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in Yuba County. Friends of mine are in, in uh, I've got people in Texas, Florida, Arizona, uh, Missouri, and Nevada. Okay. I got probably five or six of the, of the 10, five or six of the 10 states. So quite a deal. So it just shows people moving around, trying to have figure out a better way for themselves. And uh, everybody, I so far everybody I talk to that I know has moved are really enjoying where they are, which is good. Well, I want to uh, spend some time talking about a guy that a lot of you probably uh, don't know or never heard of, and uh, it's a guy that when I got involved in the pro life fight back in 1987, you know, remember they they changed the rules on. Um, abortion in 1973 so a woman could go get an abortion uh legally in this country in 1973 on and um so there were there's a few heroes that started out in that fight before millions and millions of others ever figured out what was going on and one of them was this guy i'm going to talk about he's kind of become the the godfather or the the father of the pro-life movement. And his name is Joe Scheidler. And we used to hear about Joe when when, uh, Operation Rescue was going on for a few years, and we used to block abortion clinics and get arrested. Uh, Joe Scheidler was training people, teaching people how to stand up for pro-life. And and, uh, Scheidler, uh, he died at 93 on Monday, he began the fight against abortion shortly after Roe versus Wade in 1973, and he founded an organization. Back then, there were hardly any pro-life organizations. He founded Pro-Life Action League in 1980 uh, to recruit and equip pro-life Americans to speak out for unborn children. Yet, 
he fought a decades-long court battle. This is what he, he's kind of maybe going to be known for. He literally, you know, all of us want to go down and protest or hold a picket sign or write a letter or vote and get instant relief. But Joe Scheidler fought a decades, plural, decades. Decade is 10 years. Decades-long court battle for his right to free speech in opposition to the abortion industry. And out of that, now this is an amazing thing. You can go through some really gnarly situations and then something really cool come out of it, though it wasn't what you expected. So out of his battle, legal battle, it must have cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my goodness. The attor- He hired some attorneys, and they ended up starting the Thomas More, M-O-R-E, not two O's, More, M-O-R-E, Society. Thomas More Society defends religious infringement and religious rights. So uh, he was born in 1927. Scheidler served as a military policeman in the U.S. Navy toward the end of World War II, graduated from University of Notre Dame, earned a master's degree at Marquette University, spent eight years studying for Catholic priesthood, but finally rejected that path, became a teacher at Mundelein College. While teaching there, he led a group of students to march with Dr. Martin Luther King from Selma to Montgomery in 1965. Shiler's pro-life activism took him to every single state in the United States and to countries on four continents. He also faced a politically motivated legal attack in the notorious case, National Organization for Women, more commonly called NOW, versus Shiler in 2006. Now, that's the one that went on for decades. And we couldn't get an honest judge until a long time to finally a rule, uh, uh, honestly, against now. Uh, it be, now versus Shidler became the longest case in U.S. federal history. Now, if you think, oh, I went to court the other day and they didn't rule against me and I'm just going to give up. One day. Well, you're one day, right? One day you lost one battle. Shidler's case became the longest case in U.S. federal court history and and the only case to reach the Supreme Court Three times. It went back to the Supreme Court on three different occasions. In 1985, Shiler published a book, Closed, 99 Ways to Stop Abortion. Uh, he, you know, anyway, he was training pro-lifers all over the United States on how to do something and make a difference and save babies. And uh, out of it came some wonderful things. You know, probably Joe Shidler in all those decades is responsible for literally millions of kids being saved. The Southern Poverty Law Center, you've heard of them, radical, liars, communists all the way through. They brought an antitrust action suit against Scheidler, claiming that the book represented a conspiracy to achieve an unreasonable restraint on trade. The trade of killing babies and making money. Isn't that amazing? Scheidler's book, the Thomas More Society says Scheidler's book, had a wholly legitimate goal clearly analogous to the goals of those who urge boycotts or legal bans against the commercial sale of morally objectionable products or services like gambling, tobacco, narcotics, pornography, body parts sales, etc. Anyway, it took five years to convince a federal judge to throw out the antitrust claim. Later, 
after now lost. This is one thing that liberals kick Republicans rear. They lose, just get right back up and fight again. Lose, get right back up, fight again. Lose, get right back up, fight again. Later, now took up the case after after years and getting whooped, bringing new claims under federal racketeering laws, RICO laws. Amazing. It just it's at the Southern Poverty Law Center is just a smear organization. They just lie. They just lie just to get it on in the morning. They just are so unbelievable. In 2016, Shiler published a fittingly titled memoir, Racketeer for Life, Fighting the Culture of Death from the Sidewalk to the Supreme Court. In Now versus Scheidler, the Supreme Court rightly defended pro-life speakers from an attempt to silence him using recall laws, in other words, racketeering laws. The ultimate failure of this racketeering attack paved the way for peaceful pro-life activism to flourish in America. Pro-life advocates across the country owe a great debt to Mr. Joseph Scheidler. Says Shiler's decades of pro-life advocacy and his victory in Now versus Shiler earned him the title of the godfather of the pro-life movement. With the death of Joe Shiler, the pro-life movement has lost a warrior champion, and we have lost a dear friend. Joe believed in defending the innocent lives of babies in the womb, and this was a lifelong calling that he lived so faithfully to his last breath. God bless you, Joe Shiler. What an what incredible, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I hadn't thought about him for many years now, but what a guy and uh, what a sacrifice and, and uh, just tremendous, lived his life for the right, for the right reasons. Uh, okay, so let me just, uh, let me just see here if I can jam something in here. Okay. All right, I'm just going to start here and then we'll have to we just got a minute or so left. So let me just ju- jump up here and talk about if if you're local in the Yuba Center area and you just want to go somewhere and sign the petition for recall Gavin or you want to just grab some petitions and I go through all the fuss in the month and you're up here, up here in Yuba Yuba Center you can go to Universal Security, Elite Universal Security, easy to find, uh, 5548 Feather Boulevard, 5548. And you can sign there every day of the week because it's they work every day of the week, those security people. And uh, the phone number out there is 530-749-0280, 749-0280. You can also get a job out there. You're looking for work. They will put you to work. They will make a guard out of you. If you're a good person, you're a reliable person, you're an honest person, they will train you how to be a guard. And uh, even if you maybe just retired from the military, retired from anything, retired from anything, and you just are bored to death and you don't want to be a greeter at Walmart, uh, you could do something like this, and they will train you and put you through all the rigmarole and get you the, the, the little certificate or license, whatever you need and get you going. Okay, we're going to take a break right now, and then we will be right back for the second half of our show.
few days before Joe Biden is set to take the oath of office as the 46th president of the United States, a new study out from Stanford claims after a year of crippling COVID lockdowns that have devastated global economies and bankrupted untold numbers of businesses, both large and small, that new data now shows forced shutdowns don't help any more than voluntary measures. Meanwhile, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot say restaurants, bars, and other businesses must immediately reopen, you know, to save the economy. Now, if that makes you want to throw your phone across the room, just hang with me here, because believe it or not, it gets even worse. Nearly a year. Nearly a year is how long we've been dealing with asinine shutdowns, forced business closures that have destroyed entire families and everything they've ever worked for. We've put up with mask mandates and social distancing stickers on grocery store floors. We've been forced to abandon our grandmas alone in their nursing homes. Our churches were made to shut down. People have been buried without funerals and people have been banned from visiting their sick loved ones. For nearly a year, this crap has been going on. And now magically, like a week before Joe Biden is set to be coronated as the next president, all of a sudden, we're to believe things can miraculously begin opening up safely and everything will be okay. A new study out from Stanford now says that mandatory lockdowns have no significant benefit over voluntary measures like wearing a mask or staying six feet apart. The study, which compared 10 countries that implemented varying degrees of shutdowns, found that those areas that locked down the harshest were no better at containing this virus than places that allowed people to decide for themselves what risks they would take. So now, after $16 trillion have been lost in our economy thanks to all this crap, we get told it was basically for nothing and we don't have to do it. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has suddenly reversed the course that he's held solidly since last March, now declaring that his state cannot wait until everyone is vaccinated against COVID-19 and must reopen the economy. Cuomo tweeted last week that, quote, we simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. Now, to remind you, more than half of all New York restaurants are now in danger of permanently closing their doors forever. More than half. This is the same governor who threatened churches and synagogues with legal action if they didn't shut their doors indefinitely. But now, all of a sudden, things have to go back to normal as quickly as possible, even though only a tiny fraction of people have been vaccinated against the disease that two seconds ago was so deadly people had to go jogging with face diapers on. Over in Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has also done an about face, and the timing is just a little bit too coincidental. She now says that well-regulated restaurants and bars are, quote, one of the safer places that people can go, and that people need an outlet for entertainment. I kid you not. If we have people and give them an outlet, for entertainment, in the restaurant space, in the bar space. We have much more of an opportunity, in my view, to be able to regulate and control that environment. People are engaging in risky behavior that is not only putting themselves at risk, but putting their families, um, their coworkers, and other ones at risk. Let's bring it out of the shadows. Let's allow them to have um, some recreation in restaurants, in bars, where we can actually work with uh, responsible um, owners and, and managers uh, to regulate and protect people from COVID-19. Okay, okay, okay. So about five minutes ago and for the last 10 months, indoor dining, even at a limited capacity, was so dangerous that restaurants had to be shut down entirely for months. 
Many of them never reopened because they couldn't survive half a year with little to no income. They are gone. But now all of a sudden, less than a week before Biden is set to move into the White House, now restaurants are one of the safest places we can go? Now we need to open them as outlets to actually help keep us safer? Are you kidding me? And we're supposed to believe that none of this has anything to do with the fact that we just had an election in November and left-wing politicians needed to do everything they possibly could to devastate this nation and make sure Donald Trump had the steepest uphill battle possible. That now that they've won, oh, now we've got to reopen. Even before the vaccine has been widely distributed, now we've got to save the economy. We can't wait anymore. Do you remember the pushback that Trump and those of us on the right got when we made that same exact argument? We were called grandma killers, told we had blood on our hands, accused of putting money over people, and blamed as though we were personally responsible for murdering every single COVID victim because we're selfish capitalists who don't care about life. That's what we got for months. Florida and its governor were accused of murdering their own citizens because they didn't close restaurants. And now these same left-wing politicians who hyped shutdowns for months want us to forget all of that and get back to normal post-hasty because Trump's on his way out, they no longer have a need for a convenient pandemic, and Joe Biden needs to come out of all of this looking like the conquering hero all hail. This was a political game from the get-go. The virus has always been real, but so has the lies from the left-wing politicians who exploited fear and sacrificed their own citizens to make sure Trump took every bit of the blame. This was a virus that was so deadly people had to vote by mail to make sure they didn't catch it, and we had to send out ballots like they were coupons for half-priced subs and not question whether they were going to the right place because COVID. But now that the election's over, we can go out and cram into a booth at Applebee's because suddenly it's safe again. They lied. They are going to keep lying. And they do not care if you are the one who has to pay the price for it. And many people did. Here we are, second half of our show, third section. Uh, I want to mention right at the beginning, I was looking at Facebook and saw Dave Green has posted this incredible bathroom. Just grays and blues, and really cool walk-in shower, you know, kind of an extra size, big size shower, tiled shower. And uh, man, what a beautiful deal. Uh, so he's one of the sponsors, like Monty Hecker with uh, Elite Universal Security, is one of our sponsors on the show here. And uh, we appreciate them so much. For many years now, both of them have helped us. And, and so you can reach out to uh, Monty Hecker at LeeUniversalSecurity.com uh, or his uh, <clears throat> schooling uh, website, API-Academy. That's at P-A-P-I-Academy.com. Dave Greenitz, it's Dave Greenitz Construction. That's his Facebook site or GreenitzConstruction.com. And if you want the best to do it, whether you want security work or you want construction with Dave Grinitz, you can get your bathroom or kitchen redone. Unbelievable. Make a whole new house out of your place. Redo the entryway. Put on a deck. It's 
weather's already getting nice, start to barbecue outside, hang out outside. California, you can spend a lot of your time just cook outside. Quit that cooking inside. So uh, you can reach Dave through those uh, platforms, Facebook, website, or you can dial him up at 682-9602. That's a 530 area code, 530-682-9602. And he will probably about nine times, 9.5 times out of 10, answer the phone first go around. You won't even have to leave a message. Um, okay. You know, um, I've seen some people post some really stupid stuff after the election. They said people have been, some people have been, I don't know what's one of those posts where people recopy it and post it again, like, I agree with this. I didn't say it myself, but I think it's cool. And they're posting this thing like, hey, I voted for Trump. I, I didn't. I don't like anything about Biden. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. But he's my president, and I am going to pray for him. I'm going to support him, and I'm going to wish him well. I think that is baloney, and I ain't, I'm not going to do that at all. I hope that he fails. I hope that Kamala Harris fails. I hope that the whole bunch of them fail because— they are uh, going to cause the collapse of our country. They are going to turn this country into a communist country. And that means that all those people, when you go to those major graveyards back east, veterans graveyards, those people died in vain, folks. If, if, what, they, if what they desire to pull off, they pull off. Uh, that is not something to rejoice in or take part in. And I do not pray for people to succeed. Uh, they don't have anything in common with Christian folk or with constitutional folk, these folk back here. So to pray for them that, that they get done what they want to do, that is crazy, right? That is crazy. That's like praying for Joseph Mengele that he, he remembers the mixture on the gas. That is stupid. You do not pray that he, what you pray for is God will, God's will be done on earth, not the devil's will. You pray for righteousness to prevail, not unrighteousness. These people are pedophiles. You get what I'm saying? They like to have sex with kids. These people are Satanists. They like to murder kids. And they have all kinds of evidence on this. These people are evil. It's just not they have a different persuasion than you or they or they got more votes. One, they didn't get more votes. And two, they are full blast evil. They are Christ haters. So we we hope they fail. Right? We hope they fail. Uh, it, it is not going to be good for the country in any way if they succeed. You get it? What's going to be good for the country is if they fail. But I see some really stupid people. I don't know what, what they're thinking. I don't know whether they think they're cool or they think they're intellectually astute. They're stupid. They got a flat spot on the brain. They got a split cell. They got one of their chromosomes got screwed. Something's wrong. These people do not support and defend the Constitution. Hold that thought, folks. They do not. 
They talk about unity and at the same time murdering and, and Trump supporters. We don't want the Green New Deal. We don't want the Paris Accord. We don't want them to crush our churches. We don't want to pay higher taxes and redistribute to people who don't deserve the money. So it's something to think about, and don't be saying stupid stuff, right? If you want to pray for them to have a conversion experience, have at it. Fast and pray all you want. But, you know, you don't pray that a murderer is successful. You don't pray that a molester is successful. You don't pray, you don't, uh, pray that somebody is going to get uh, take uh, bribes to sell out America. That's what's going on here. I'm not saying that we need to go out and get our uh, weapons out and shoot people that have a Biden hat on. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we don't need to endorse their sinful behavior. It's sinful. They lied all the way through. The whole, the whole election was a lie. There's nothing honest or gracious or generous or kind or American about it. America is not about cheating and lying and uh, ripping people off. It's not about that. But these people do that. I don't, I guess they just want the power of the money or they just want to win at all costs. And certainly against Republicans, you're going to win every time because the group that we got running this thing in the state of California is so incompetent and the the, the representatives we got up here, uh, Gallagher and Assemblyman and Nielsen, a senator, are as about a week as they come. I mean, Gallagher sold us out on uh, Proposition 19, which now families that want to give their property away to their kids when they die, now the property's got to be reassessed at a higher tax rate. That took away our Prop 13 provisions, and James Gallagher wanted that. In fact, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, there's many Republican legislators that got a 100% rating, an A rating, um, from Howard Jarvis. James Gallagher got a B-. That's, that's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. He obviously isn't a, a conservative. And the other thing I, I heard, I'm, I'm still trying to sort it out, I keep hearing that I don't know whether you know who Shannon Grove is. She's an, been assemblywoman for quite a while. Maybe she's a senator now. I can't remember what she is down in California state, statewide, not the United States. I heard Nielsen is trying to get her pushed out of her leadership position down there. Shannon Grove is a, is a former military veteran. Is a is not a former military veteran, but a, she is a military veteran formerly served in the, I think, in the Army. And she's a very strong, godly, wonderful woman and a good leader, a strong leader for the Republicans. Not not a weak need. And I got word that Nielsen is trying to undermine her at the state capitol in her position. I'll find out hopefully by tomorrow. I'm not going to write something until I hear from Shannon Grove herself. But but what I heard is that Nielsen is trying to undermine her position down there. That 
that's a kind of that's why we're screwed up here in California, people. That's why people like Donald Trump wants to start the Patriot Party because these people are backstabbing. They got the name Republican, but they act like Democrats. They belong in the other party. Just make the whole damn uh, the whole legislature just all be Democrats. I don't really care. I mean, I'm serving God. God's going to sort this thing out. I, all I can do is what I can do. But I'd rather see Gallagher and Nielsen both be Democrats. Just act. If you're going to act like it, be that. You know, Gall- Nielsen is a snake. I give you a first example when I realize this. First, I always had questions about him, but when Janet Nguyen, she's Vietnamese, her parents fled Viet- from Vietnam when she was eight or nine years of age. She was raised down in Southern California. She graduated from university and got into politics, got into to be a supervisor down there, and then ran for, became a senator. And uh, they were honoring, these perverts down there in Sacramento were honoring Thomas Hayden, who had died. He was dead. And they were honoring him for his great service. He was a weatherman underground, radical, blew up stuff. So he becomes a, a, a senator or assemblyman in California. Then he finally dies. He used to be married to Jane Fonda. So they were honoring him with some kind of award, invited his family members. And Janet Nguyen stood up because he was a communist lover. Thomas Hayden and Janet Nguyen stood up and began to share how many Vietnamese refugees had fled the country and how many died from the boat, the boat uh, flotilla that tried to get out of the country and how many were murdered and how many of them lived down in, in, uh, in this United States now and how they were, he were desecrating their memory and, uh, you can actually see it. It probably still on YouTube. You can see her giving her speech on the floor and they're gaveling her down and telling her to shut up because they didn't like what she was saying. She, she asked to be heard and she started going down this road of like criticizing them and to saying, Hey, we have citizens, Vietnamese citizens. You, you are like their relatives got murdered by these communists that Hayden supported. And they literally physically attacked her. The sergeant at arms, their troops came in and grabbed her right with Nielsen sitting right there. And he just didn't do anything. Instead of standing up and pushing and fighting them and letting to keep her, their hands off this woman, he just let them come in and, and grab her and, and physically remove her as a senator in the state of California, remove her from the Senate, uh, Senate building. And, and Nielsen just sat on his big fat ass and, and looked like he was loaded on, on a Darvon or something. It's unbelievable. And then when I wrote an article about it, he got all, he had Nguyen go on media and say what a nice guy he was to polish his reputation up. When, when you look at him, he's a total loser. You know, it's kind of like you're with a lady and somebody makes a s- stupid comment. You won't defend her honor. So you just let people disrespect the lady you're with, right? Or your wife. And Nielsen's sitting right there. I mean, he is literally right behind her. You can see it on the video. He did nothing. I thought, you know something. Everything I've always wondered about you, you confirmed right there. Now I hear he's jerking Shannon Grove around. Oh, man, these people. California Republicans. The Republicans, it just gives... You know something? 
It gives me the COVID flu. I get the Wuhan flu from Republicans. It does not come from anything else, from some germ or some little droplet flying through the air. I get it from Republicans that claim they're Republicans. They're just total turncoats. Oh, it just bugs me. All right, let's see. Where are we here? Uh, let me see what I'm going to do. I'll pick the favorite stuff. You're probably really discouraged. I hesitated to even bring some of this up, stuff up because it's going to bum everybody out. But uh, basically, we're dealing with a communist takeover of the country. And, uh, oh, I want to hear something cool that, that isn't so negative. Uh, you know, uh, there's been this move in the public schools that's going on right now. I can't remember the it's a 1609 project or something, something. Anyway, it's basically saying that everybody that came from Europe were racist and they all had syphilis and they were all stupid. And if it wasn't for the Indians, the Native Americans, the indigenous people here saving their butt, uh, they wouldn't even survive. But then they just raped, pillaged, stole. Uh, they were just losers. They they had they loved to have slaves, the whole thing. And it was just an accident that we ended up with this beautiful country with the greatest freedoms in the world. Just an accident. So what President Trump did is he pulled together some of the real intellects around the country. Uh, one, Larry Arn, who I have great respect for at Hillsdale College. And uh, they have great courses online, by the way. They'll offer you for free. They just, if you'll donate to them, that's great. But they have great constitution courses, great history courses on the Bible and history. But anyway, they put together a group of people, and they, they created this thing called the 1776 Commission. And that was, it provided a counterbalance. It was it was a commission put together. Uh, their role was to give future generations a chance to understand the true, true, true principles and history of the Americans, America's founding, right? What's the truth? To get to the truth and to debunk this this uh, communist uh, propaganda that's being put out in the public schools right now. So right as soon as they got it started and just put out their f first report, of course, it looked like Trump was going to be the next president of the United States if they hadn't stolen the elections with the uh, voting machines. And so uh, that this was going to be an ongoing commission to roll out a new new history curriculum for the schools. What a cool thing, right? And uh, But they only got one report out. But the cool thing is if you... I think uh, you you probably, by the way, I was going to remind you to quit using Google or the other search engines and use DuckDuckGo. So uh, I don't know all the technology of how to how to make that your your automatic uh, search engine, DuckDuckGo. That's D-U-C-K-D-U-C-K-G-O, all one word, DuckDuckGo. Uh, but what I do right now, because I had Google on my, my equipment, I just go in and put DuckDuckGo, and then it switches it to Google. And uh, I don't want to give them any more credit. But honestly, it's a way, you know, they, there's there's not the uh, filtering and censoring on DuckDuckGo. So anyway, you could go on there and look up the 1776 commission, print it off, right, and use it uh, for your children and for yourself. So also you can go to the Heritage Foundation website, heritagefoundation.org or heritage.org. I can't remember how it is, but it's heritagefoundation.org or heritage.org. 
and they have it on their website as well. But I want to read through it. And oh, what it what it was refuting is that not the 1609 project, the 1619 project. So, uh, so the 1619 project is an anti-American polemic that traded scholarship for propaganda, and it's a, a culmination of decades of leftist re-education. Man, you know it's interesting when I was taking college classes at Sacramento State, we used to call it, but now they call it Cal State Sacramento or something like that. Anyway, I was taking it down there, and I walked out of really good classes at Mary's High School. We had a top school back in the 60s and really good teachers. And when I got to Sac State, I thought, well, baby, these people, these guys do not like America down here, right? Socialists, big time. And I wasn't that savvy to all of it, but I could tell that they uh, definitely weren't of my father's view. So uh, the 1776 commission is more about, uh, it's about more than providing patriot education uh, as Trump, Donald Trump termed it. It's about studying American history in context and learning about America's founding, recognizing that a country that does not possess a true understanding of its founding will not long survive. Um, It's pretty, yeah, it's called the heritage foundation. They have the full report, and they'll host it there. Uh, I'm just trying to look. They've already taken it off the website. It was on the website of the White House. They've scrubbed everything that had to do with Trump off the website of the the White House. Oh, by the way, as an aside, if you want to learn about Antifa, uh, go to – if you want to learn who Antifa is, right, just go to Antifa.com. And see what you'll find. I'm going to let it be a surprise for you. Antifa.com. It's going to shock you when you when you just go duck, duck, go, and then go Antifa.com. And and it when you when the home page comes up, you will realize that the mask is off. Okay. So uh, anyway, this article says there's no way you can look at the constitutions of the 13 colonies. It's talking about the full report of the. Uh, uh, 1776 report. So it says there's no no way you can look at the Constitution of 13 colonies and say that our nation was not deeply influenced by religion, according to Dr. Carol Swain, Swain S-W-A-I-N. She's a, a black law professor at Vanderbilt University. She does a lot of Prager uh, University talks. And she said that is part of who we are, part of history. We shouldn't try to erase it. Uh, we're at the end of our fourth segment. We'll be right back. When you were here before, couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. AR15.com is one of the most popular gun forums on the internet. But this week, GoDaddy which is not supposed to be policing content, they're not your mom, they provide internet hosting services, took the remarkable step of yanking AR15.com offline. So we asked GoDaddy today, why? And they told us this, quote, we received a complaint regarding certain content on AR15.com. Our team investigated the content in question and confirmed it violated our terms of service because it, quote, incited violence, whatever that means. 
AR15.com is now back online with a new hosting provider, but it's a moment that we should pause and think about with Pete Brunel. He's the chairman of the Second Adventure Group, the owner of AR15.com, as well as the guy who runs Brownells, which if you're a sportsman, you know well. We're happy to have him on tonight. Pete, thanks so much for joining us. So Thank you, Tucker. In, in what world does GoDaddy have the right to end your ability to produce content? I didn't know that right. they could do that or did. Right. Right. It was a surprise to us that that was the provider that we used that uh, pulled us off the website. They're a registrar, for those who don't know them, and that's really the phone book for uh, when you type that into your browser, it directs you to our servers, and they're the ones that said, we no longer want you because you uh, apparently violated one of their policies, which is patently false. I mean, it goes without saying that it's a lie, and whatever, you know, they didn't explain the standard. I mean, I, I, we don't even take that right. seriously. The reason that this is a chilling moment, and we wanted to hear directly from you, is that it, it's clearly a vision of the future where you're not allowed to express your views on the Second Amendment even, much mm -hmm. less exercise it. Are you worried? We are worried about this, specifically with this administration who has a probably the worst uh, policy or planks that are coming in on being Restrict, very restrictive on firearm ownership, a much drastic or different view of how uh, individual ownership should be regulated and registered in, in the United States. And if, a, if our voice is silenced or a half of the argument is not even considered or being allowed to speak in America today, that should be troubling for everybody, not just pro-Second Amendment individuals, but everybody out there in America should stand up and say, wait a second, this is not what our foundation of our country was built on. And when it comes to a, liber a civil liberty like the right to own firearms as an individual, you should all stand up and take note, specifically with uh, not having a voice to talk to each other and raise awareness of some of the issues that are definitely coming at us right now. Yeah. I mean, did you ever, you're from this country, did you ever imagine that big no. companies, wholly outside regulation by Congress apparently, could just kind of eliminate the First and Second Amendments and there's nothing you can do about it? No, it's very uh, Orwellian in its approach. Uh, it's one of those things that you read about when you're in the 1950s and 60s with those books that you read in high school. It, it, and it becomes one of those things you just can't believe it's the America that you grew up in and that you're living in right now. And I think regardless of where you stand politically, we should all, we should all take pause and make sure that we truly consider what kind of rhetoric is going around and what kind of controls we're giving to a few when we start talking about uh, being able to communicate to each other. It, it's, I just, uh, it's free speech. It's America. I just read a, new, a news story that said podcasts are problematic because they're a loophole in social controls. It's hard to censor a podcast. How long before private conversations will be considered a right. loophole? Seriously. Right. When did, yeah, when did free speech become something that the government needs to put a uh, commission on and, and tell you what you can and cannot say? There are yeah. some restrictions, but I thought we were a free America here. I thought so, too. What you're seeing happening today, obviously, we have, we have some black people that are just shouting in the back. We have some black people that are sitting in the front quietly that are chanting USA and having a normal conversation. I love that because what I say every single time, and you may have seen me on the news, is that what is happening right now in the black community, you're going to hear it in this room first, there is a, an ideological civil war happening, black people that are focused on their past and shouting about slavery, and black people that are focused on their futures, okay? That's, what, that's really what it comes down to, okay? I can, I can guarantee you what you're seeing happening is victim mentality versus victor mentality. And That's I promise great, you, the, the people here Isn't that are going to win. I love that.
And it, there's no doubt in my mind, I, I, can, I can tell you right now who is going to be better off. When, you, when we look 20 years and we look at the faces in this room, who is going to be better off are the girls that are sitting right here and across this room because they don't have your mentality. Victim mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I love oppression. We're oppressed. 400 years of slavery, Jim Crow, which by the way, none of you guys lived through. Your grandparents didn't. It's embarrassing that you utilize, you utilize their history. You utilize their history and you come in here with more emotion than they ever had when they were living through it. More emotion than they ever had when they were living through it. It's embarrassing. You're not living through anything right now. You're overly privileged Americans. It's what's going on right Damn, now. Damn, you teach them, girl. Yeah! Over here shouting, and, and, and I want to say some more. I'm not done. Over here shouting and booing the officers. That's a black officer in the back right there. Are you aware you that service, there are man. black officers in the world? In District 11 in Chicago, where more black people in, in, in District 11 in Chicago, where more black people have been gunned down than any place in America, which I went to go visit and speak to those cops, they are all black. When you launch a war on cops, you are launching a war on black men as well. It's, I'm, I'm so ashamed of the way you guys are acting and the fact that you love being oppressed. I don't get it, and I'm gonna tell you, you cannot, you cannot, you're not going to ever make me think that oppression is cool. You're never gonna make me think oppression is cool. Okay, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what you said, but I'm just telling you, oppression is never gonna be, it's never gonna come in. It's, it's a, it's a poor fad. It's just, it's not cool. It's just not cool, man. Like, it's so slash and So as I mentioned, uh, Carol Swain, she's a beautiful person and she's brilliant. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt University. Uh, the report is worth reading and sharing. This says it lays out an honest and reasoned approach to the study of America's founding and what that means for each of us. So I'm going to I'm looking forward to reading it, particularly, you know, why I'm, I'm uh, so interested is that. Uh, this last weekend, we had Chris Ann Hall, who just tore the hide off the constitutional hardball and knocked it out of the universe. Uh, I, I listened to her Friday night. I could not hear her Sunday. I had to write articles for the Territorial Dispatch. But uh, here's the cool thing. She, I, I had a lady, and this lady went to school probably in the 19... 19- late 50s probably early 60s and i mean they really taught back then they were good teachers back then and uh and california schools were one rated the tops in the nation back then she told me the other day she was set through chris ann hall's teaching friday night she said lou i learned more in 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 her talk that i did in all my school year in all my school years and her one, it was a one hour, one and a half, but maybe 90 minute talk. Unbelievable. I'm telling you. So here's the good news for you. No matter where you're listening to this from, you can go on the church of glad tidings.com. Tidings has one D church of glad tidings.com website and go to, I, I don't know whether it's events or, or videos. And anyway, it's the brave Excuse me. It's the Free and the Brave Conference. Free and the Brave Conference. 
Now, obviously, if it, if they haven't taken the Free and the Brave Conference off the events, it's already passed. But they're going to put all the speakers from Friday night, 12 hours of, of 12 hours Saturday, and then Sunday. They're going to put them on there. And you can listen to them at your leisure, and you can listen to, say, a one-hour talk on the Constitution, right? Or you can listen to Judy Mikovits talk about vaccinations or you can i'm telling you every one of this there's not a soft speaker in the bunch so we we set it up this way so it was live streamed we weren't charging for it glad titans didn't charge for it but the nice thing is it's set up so it was you could have done come there in person and they had all kinds of booths and handouts and fun fun things and um and met people, networked with people. But if you couldn't do that, you could listen to it live stream. And if you couldn't do that, you can listen to it recorded on that website, churchofgladtidings.com, at your convenience. So this was a short week for them at Glad Tidings because they finished the conference and they were all burned out. And then they normally don't work on Mondays, but but the uh, the leadership gave them an extra day and a half off. So they may not have got many of the, the lectures or the talks up there, but I, I'm sure by the end of next week, they'll all be there. And so I'm telling you, uh, they, we, I don't know how we did it or I don't know how it came together, but we got some, some of the top speakers in the country there on the topics we wanted. So, uh, okay. I'm going to move on here. So that's another thing to look at is a 1776. Now here's the other thing that's going on. I don't know whether you want to get on, get, get in on this. People were so inspired of Chris Ann Hall. In fact, let me just make a pitch for her. I, she has an online constitution training that you can get from her at Liberty first university. Liberty First University, Chris Ann Hall. It's K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E Hall. So you can Google Chris Ann Hall. In fact, you can look at him on YouTube. She a lot all her stuff's on YouTube as well. But you can you can join Liberty Liberty First, spelled out F-I-R-S-T, Liberty First University. Um I don't know whether it's dot org dot com. But you can go there and you can sign up for her Constitution class and uh, do her whole Constitution training. She is amazing. I'm telling you, she is better than any teacher you ever have at explaining. You think, oh, I just, I, I had a person say this, oh, Lou, I died in history classes. All we had to memorize, memorize, memorize the dates and places, dates and places, dates and places. The cool thing about Chris Ann Hall, she brings context to the whole thing. You feel like you're watching a movie. It's pretty cool. And uh, she's a very clear teacher. She said, I don't know how I did it. When I started to study the Constitution, she was a lawyer, and I started to study the Constitution, it seemed like God gave me photographic memory. And I can just, I can't do it in any other area, but with the Constitution, with reading about the Founding Fathers and how that concept got in the Constitution. Where did that concept... You know, it's one thing to know what's in the Constitution, read about it, read read the Constitution. It's another thing to know, where did that come from? Where did that concept come from? And it's totally cool. So we, we've had some people contact us from the community here in Yuba Sutter, Northern California. They said, can we have a Constitution class at the church? 
And uh, so instead of recreating the wheel, my recommendation was to take Chris Ann's curriculum, pay her for it, and uh, or pay a fee to get in the class and then give it to Chris Ann and just watch her teach and then have a discussion. So I think we're going to do that. But uh, if you if you're interested and you live around the the you know Yuba City Yuba Sutter counties and you're interested in that, uh, keep paying attention, and we'll announce it and uh, on the Church of Glad Tidings website and we'll announce it here on this podcast if you want to sit in on that class because it'll be good. She's a good teacher, and I think all of us need. You know, she asked at the end of one of her lectures. I think it was the first Friday night. She said, "How many of you?" didn't know this information till tonight and i'm telling you there were probably 600 people there five six hundred i think it done near every hand went up it was like it wasn't shocking because it just they don't teach that it's not like you're a bad person they don't teach that in our schools and they haven't for decades 50 years they haven't taught it uh so it, it's sad but it's 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 we haven't lost it you know it it they haven't burned all the books they haven't burned all the internet down we can still study it and and hold on to it uh this one guy that writes this article said america's founding principles are true not because any generation, including our own, has lived them perfectly, but because they are based upon the eternal truth of the human condition. They are rooted in our capacity for evil and power for good, our longing for truth and striving for justice, our need for order, and our love for freedom. Above all, above all else, these principles recognize the worth, equality, potential, dignity, and glory of each and every man, woman, and child created in the image of God. All right, then. That's good. Good stuff. Okay. Let me see where we're going from here. Uh, okay. Now. Oh. Now. I don't know. Some of you probably have been following what may or may not happen. Because we don't know exactly it happened because we're not all privy to it. We don't have the inside information. But there's a sense that the law says that if you don't defend the Constitution and you took an oath to defend the Constitution, then you've committed treason and you should be removed from your office. Doesn't matter what office is. You could be a police officer. And you need to be removed because you didn't defend the Constitution, foreign and domestic. So in the next few weeks, there's thinking that the uh, there will be a purge of criminals and, and uh, people that are traitors, criminals and traitors. There'll be a purge. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but there have been a lot of weird things going on around the world. And let me see if I can just uh pull it up here for you and I'm just going to I'm just going to without getting into details cuz I don't have too much time left. I'm just going to tell you what's happened recently. Italian government, the Italian government has resigned and they're reforming the government. This was this is an article in Business Live, 
on January 13th. The Poland, Polish government, the parliament has resigned. Russian government, the, peop, the leaders have resigned except Putin. This is reported by the BBC News. Another one, 300 Italian politicians and police charged are charged along with Italian mafia. These are politicians. Entire Kuwait government has resigned. This is right now. This is happening right now in January. The Dutch government of the Netherlands has resigned through a scandal, because of a scandal. German Chancellor Angela Merkel steps down after 15 years. It's interesting. Malaysian government steps down. Estonian prime ministers fired. Now, here's one that really caught my attention. Cause, and I looked these up. These are links. These aren't just a headline. You can click on these and you can go to the article that actually explains it. And I've been checking it out today. Now, here's the one that really caught my attention. Baron Benjamin de Rothschild died. Like right now he died. And I thought, does he, he died of a heart attack. The guy's only 57 years of age. Guy's worth a billion dollars. He's he worth more than a billion dollars. He's from the Rothschilds that have been around since early years of America that ended up buying investing or they bought out America essentially what they did. I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but this Rothschild, let me get back to my other page. Oh man, what's going on here? Let me get back up here. Okay. So, Baron de Rothschild, prominent global philanthropist and Swiss financier, had has died suddenly at the age of 57. On the afternoon of January 15th. According to the Edmund de Rothschild group, whose board of directors he chaired. It is so they talk about him here. His net worth was more than 1.5 billion, one and a half billion. Where did he get all that money? Hmm. He's from the French Rothschild Banking Company. Thanks. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm just. I just want to pick out the stuff I want to say and skip over the. He he was born in 1963, and uh, had he. At the head of the group created by his father since 1997, he developed it in an exceptional way during these years. The group's news release says his father's parents fled to Switzerland during World War II uh, Forbes the group manages over 175 billion dollars in assets, okay Now the Rothschilds are a, fr- a part of what what you might hear and you might think are conspiracy theories called the Illuminati. There's a group of men 
in the world that like to stay behind the scenes that have been responsible for starting and funding all the wars you have ever can think of. They also essentially own the United States of America. We owe, we owe them. They, they bought in after the Civil War. You ever heard that? Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a bit about that. And you may, you may or may not ever have heard this, but that's what's right now. Uh, there, there's going to be, it looks like two governments. There's going to be the Trump government with a different White House because the White House and Washington, D.C. are really not America. Did you understand that? It used to be, it was considered a part of the colonies, right? But it was carved out and it was sold to foreign people, Washington, D.C. It's not, it's not a state. You understand that. So let, let me just peel the banana here because essentially that's a sovereign just like out here in South Yuba County, we have the uh, Estome Yumica Maidu tribe. They have 40 acres and had a, have a casino there. And that's a sovereign territory. They are not taxed to be there. No law of America applies to them. They, do, they don't need to get a building permit. Uh, they, they don't have to pay workers' compensation insurance. They don't have to pay any particular wage. They don't have to any, have any. They don't have to follow any of the rules of America. It is a sovereign state. Well, uh, the way our U.S. government was set up in the very beginning is the people were sovereign. The soil wasn't. The people were all sovereigns, plural. Now we have essentially a sovereign. Have you ever heard of the Vatican? Remember the Vatican City. The Vatican City is a country within a country it is separate from italy it's a sovereign state in italy and the same thing is true in london there's a square area that is a british stronghold financial stronghold and uh hold on let me get over to this need to go look at something here so there's three places in the world there's the city of London that's separate from England, totally separate run. City of London. Uh, let me just see. I was going to describe it. Then you have the Vatican, and then you have Washington, D.C. And it's all controlled by the Illuminati, which includes the Wall, the Rothschilds. And that dude that just died, now I don't know why that guy thought that Trump was they're going to expose the evil that these guys have been milking the United States for since I think it was 18 and 61. I have it written down here. So I'm jumping back and forth. So it says the, uh, the Vatican shows the Vatican flag. Then it shows the papal states. It calls them the papal states, like the Pope, are territories on the east coast of the former United States. On the former United States, gets it? Under the sovereign direct rule of the Pope from the fall of the United States. you ever remember the falling of the United States? That was in 1861. Is it 1861? I think so. Let me look here. 1871. Sorry. 1871. And that was Ulysses S. Grant. 
the military leader of the union had become president. And the story goes, we, we were out of money because we spent so much money on the war, on the Civil War, right? Fighting over slavery. And we need money. We needed money to run the government. And what they did is they made uh, D.C. kind of like an area of, of collateral, and, and they made a corporation out of it. So they changed the... Uh, the name of the United States of America, the way the founders wrote the United States of America was T, capital T, capital U, the United. Sorry, I'll take that back. The is capital A, T, capital A, United States of is all small letters. Because they, they, it wasn't United States a country. America was the country. America was the country. United States was just the states that were united to come together and agree to work together. They all had separate, they were separate, separate states, separate constitutions. They, they had their own, they were all running separate, but they decided to be states and unite together. So, but the way they spelled it, they didn't ever write it all in caps like you and I write it today, like unite, where the first letters capped. Back in the early days, they wrote it, the United States, all small letters of America, capital A. Now, whenever you see the word United States of America all in caps in a document, that means it's the corporation of the United States of America. So what happened is that the Pope was was given a number of territories on the east, east coast of, of the United States, including... Uh, and the Rothschilds, they all got a cut in on Washington, D.C., and and the managing of America. Uh, and there it says, the Papal States are one of the regional powers of the Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay controlling the city of Washington, as well as much of the surrounding area. Several towns, Baronies, or baronies and other holdings outside Washington are also held by the Pope, creating an intricate network of holdings which pays tribute directly to the Pope. So we've been given all kinds of money, and that's how the Federal Reserve came to pass. Uh, it's an independent business that uh, arranges money for the United States, provided by all these people in the uh, Vatican and, all, and also uh, in England, in London. Okay, be right back for our last segment. last summer's protests. Experts declared what America must do for black Americans. The only way to close a wealth gap is by transferring wealth. We have to abolish policing. Reparations. Listening to them, I kept hearing the voice of Tom Sowell. I haven't been able to find a single country in the world where the policies that are being advocated for blacks in the United States have lifted any people out of poverty. Sowell's an economist who writes great books about economics and culture. Today, he defends free markets. 
and criticizes the conceit of political planners. But he once was a Marxist. What was your wake up to what was wrong with that line of thinking? Uh, facts. Thomas Sowell was born in North Carolina at the start of the Great Depression. His father died before he was born, his mother soon after. When he was nine, a relative took him to Harlem. We were much poorer than the people in Harlem or most other anywhere else today. But in another sense, in the sense of the things you need to get ahead, I was enormously more fortunate than most of black kids today. Partly because a friend showed him the Harlem Public Library. When you start getting in the habit of reading when you're eight years old, that's a different ballgame. His reading and early life experiences turned him into a Marxist. I would take the Fifth Avenue bus past all these Lord and Taylor and all these fancy places. And then suddenly there were the tenements. And I wondered, why is this? It's so different. And nothing in the schools or most of the books uh, seemed to deal with that. And Marx dealt with that. What then changed him was his first job. I was a summer intern at the U.S. Department of Labor. One of my biggest concerns was about minimum wages. At first, I thought, well, this is good because all these people are poor and they'll get a little higher income. And so that, that'll, that'll be helpful. And then uh, as I studied economics, I began to see, well, there's a downside. They may lose their jobs completely. And when I came up with how we might test this, I was waiting to hear congratulations. You see, that I had this. And I could see these people were stunned. They said, oh, this, this idiot has stumbled on something that would ruin us all. And I realized the U.S. Department of Labor had its uh, own agenda and interests. And that did not necessarily mean that whether poor people lost their jobs for minimum wages or got higher pay was their highest priority. He found out that people in the government didn't give a rip whether or not it worked or didn't work. They were simply implementing the policy. And that, that's what shocked him and caused him to begin to rethink lots of his assumptions. These video clips come from a new documentary about Seoul. This whole notion that this is, the black family has always been disintegrating, that is nonsense. What I find most interesting about Seoul's work is that it utterly contradicts what Americans are taught about black poverty. Sowell says claims of systemic racism in America are propaganda. If you go back into the 20s, you find that married couple families were much more prevalent among blacks then. As late as 1930, blacks had lower unemployment rates than whites. So all these things that we complain about and, and attribute to the era of slavery, those things should have been worse in the past than in the present. Sowell says the bigger cause of blacks' problems today is welfare. You began to have the mindset that goes with the welfare state so that there was no stigma any, any longer attached, for example, to being on relief. The things they thought were going to help did not help, and in many cases made things worse. Sowell concluded that many government programs did much more harm than good because of affirmative action. Something like one-fourth of all the black students going to MIT do not graduate. You're talking about a pool of people whom you are artificially turning into failures by mismatching them with the school. Saying such things doesn't make Sowell popular with today's political elites, but he doesn't seem to care. Tom is absolutely fearless. He will not compromise any of his opinions for the sake of social politeness. And so today's politically correct media rarely give his work the attention it deserves. The media, the television and the print media, they've wised up. You can't argue with Tom, so you might as well hide what he's doing. And that's what they're doing. 
they're, 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 they're just ignoring what he's uh, written because they, there's no way that they can argue with Tom Sowell. Today, Sowell is a scholar at Stanford's Hoover Institution. He continues to write books about public policy. The poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer. There are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride in cynicism. There are many who confine themselves to criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt. There is no more unhealthy being, no man less worthy of respect, than he who either really holds or feigns to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief toward all that is great and lofty, whether in achievement or in that noble effort which, even if it fails, comes to second achievement. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So, um, so it says here, the Papal States were born out of the former United States, viewed by the modern world as an ancient empire and continent-spawning government, uh, following a violent coup in Washington. The Papal States were established by Chester—I don't want to get off into that detail. I want to, I want to, go, to go to a different detail uh, to tell you about it. So what's happening is— is supposedly the Trump group is basically exposing the selling of America to foreigners, including the papal state, the crown in England, and they're throwing off that corporation and returning us to the, to the America, to the sovereign America. And, um, and they're talking about shutting down the IRS. They're talking about all kinds of stuff here. So uh, it says D.C., this is in the Marshall Report, Trump owed to the corporation. 
D.C. is fenced off and the president is never going to the White House again, but not for the reasons you may be thinking. That's a subtitle. It said, fear not. There will be a new capital built and, and an end to the income taxes paid to the tax collectors of the corporation. That would be the Vatican and the crown in England. So that's a, the Rothschilds and the, the Vatican. You remember there was here a week or two ago, there were all those arrests over there. And uh, some people said the Pope even got arrested. I don't know whether that was true or not, but they're arresting all kinds of uh, government figures in Italy. And they had a complete collapse over there, the government. So it says he's going to put an end to income taxes paid to the tax collectors of the corporation that is now in the hands of a new administration. See, in other words, the new administration has taken over the corporation of the United States. Said they went to all the trouble to steal a corporation. That's the Democrats. They went to all the trouble to steal a corporation whose assets are in the process of being taken or seized. So when I heard the Rothschild died, I thought, man, if he thought his assets were going to be seized by Trump, and the military of the United States, the most powerful military in the world, that's who's seizing everything. It's military seized. You think he might have a meltdown, have a heart attack? I thought, dude, he had a heart attack right on top of Trump's shakedown on the 15th of this month. This last week. Most did not see this coming, for they did not even know that their nation was a corporation. Now, I've been learning about this. I've just been starting to learn about it just recently. And it's the truth. It is not conspiracy. It is not BS. It it was a way to collateralize and give people that financed this country, gave money to this country. They decided to make a corporation out of it and give them a cut of the action. And when you pay income taxes, we're paying it back to these people and other foreigners are owning this country. And letting the Chinese just get gives another bunch of them to get in on it. But it is indeed, but now, no more are the states subject to the corporation. In other words, Trump is, it, some people are calling this the second revolution. We, we threw off England at the first one, right? But then England bought itself back in because, the, because you know, the, the, uh, it's just like the king and queen of England, the monarchy. They're just figureheads. And they have to ask permission of the financiers to even, they can't even get access into the, into the, uh, the square area of the, of London where they do all the money. They do all the investments and it's controlled by powerful people that want to run the whole world and vaccinate the whole world and manage the whole world and kill off about 6 million, 6 billion people out of the 7 billion. They want to, they, there's just too much population. They don't think there ought to be there. And it's all being run by these guys behind the scenes, including the Vatican. So I want to spend a little bit more time on this, uh, this last section. So it shows a picture here of, of uh, the president and the new president and vice president of the corporation, not of the United States of America. It says, meet the thieves in the light of day. So proudly they claim what is not theirs to take. Or is it theirs to take? 
So it says, you can look this up for yourself, and there's some controversy on, you know, on look on DuckDuckGo. That's where you're, you're going to get more legitimate uh, write-up. In 1871, a seditious act was performed by the government. By the government, a coup was made to rewrite the Constitution and put we the people in all caps. Now, whenever you look at a legal document— and it, it's all caps. That would be your name. Like if you look at your driver's license, it's in all caps, right? Your birth certificate's in all caps. That means you're owned. That means you're you're a part of a corporation. So if you look at corporate documents, there'll be caps. So it says we the we the people was changed from uh, capital and small letters to all caps says, we the people are putting all caps under a new corporate contract transferring the United States of America into a new corporation of the United States of America, which transferred the power of we the people, upper and lower case, and the Constitution over to the new corporation. When they did that, it placed the citizens of the United States as property of the corporation, which was centered in Washington, D.C., the action made by made Washington D.C. a foreign entity, just like the Istam uh, Maidu tribe is a foreign entity in Yuba County. I'm not saying that to be slanderous or uh, hurtful to them. I'm just saying they are like a foreign nation within Yuba County, and they we regard them that way legally. So it said the action made Washington, D.C. a foreign entity on American soul of sovereign states. Our states are sovereign. They're they're unique from one another. They do not run exactly alike. They have different constitutions. They vote on different days. Some some legislatures are fully paid. Some are uh, partially paid. Some meet every day. Uh, I mean, they meet every year. Some meet every other year. They're very sovereign. They're very different. So the action made Washington, D.C. a foreign entity on American soil of sovereign states. It was established through a loan from the Vatican when when District of Columbia was transferred into being a city-state, city-state. And this corporate entity then ruled over the people, Washington, D.C., and uh, you can see that it talks about, uh, well, anyway, I won't get into that. I, I don't have time. Cities, cities, citizens' rights were taken from them in the process. We lost our rights. We didn't even know it because you were just born into this country and you didn't know what you landed. You could have been born anywhere in the world, 198 countries. You got born here. You didn't know what rights were yours, what weren't. Well, you were less, you had less rights than your forefathers that were born before 1871. You didn't even realize this. In fact, your birth certificate and your social security card and all that shows that you're property of the corporation. You're an asset of the corporation. Now, back in the day, before 1871, there was no such thing, and no one owned you. You were God. You were a God's gift to the earth, and all your rights came from God. So this says, when they did broker the deal to get the loan from the Vatican— they did so via the Bank of London. See the Bank of London? You see the tie-in between London and, and the, uh, the Vatican, the Rothschilds. At that time, they transferred all the property in D.C. Columbia over to the corporate entity of D.C., a foreign corporation. 
The forming of this corporation, D.C., is of major importance to understand, for when President Trump signed an executive order on 2018 regarding election interference and fraud for entities both foreign and domestic, it outlined how all the assets would be seized. The president and the people knew sorry, the president and the people knew and had proof that a coup transpired out of the corporation of the United States of America, along with other foreign nations, and was ignored by the corporation in DC. They continued with their illegal steal, and the military is now in the process of seizing the assets of this foreign country known as, all capital letters, the Corporation of the United States of America. They're going to seize all those assets. And that's where they're going to, the whole legislature is going to unravel. It appears that President Trump's executive order was actually directed at Washington, D.C. corporate swamp cabal, All along, D.C. is now walled in. It's walled in, right? You see it on TV. If you watch TV, it's walled in. Just like you put a fence around something that you don't want anybody in there. It's going to be empty. It's it's walled in and filled with military guard to protect it. You see how it is? Did you wonder why they were there? Because they didn't even have a... uh, a big ceremony and all those, you know, million people there or hundreds of thousands of there. They didn't even do that. Why didn't they do that? Do you notice that another thing that was very odd is that normally a, a military plane goes and picks up the new president. That didn't happen with Biden. Something's going on behind the scenes. So this is what this person is saying. The president, Donald Trump has moved out permanently for he cannot be president over a sovereign nation in a foreign land. That's why they got a they're they're reversing that takeover of Washington DC that was done by that was done in the handling of this money. They permanently got collateral in in the Americas. Says President Trump was voted in by we the people. They were the corporation did not vote the president. In. We the people voted the president in, and so in this latest election, the people did not vote Donald uh, vote Joe Biden in. The corporation voted him in. They cheated, and they, and they used all kinds of people. The Italians were involved, the Iranians were involved, the Chinese were involved, maybe even Canada involved, and uh, those are foreign powers that are not allowed in our elections. And so all those people need to be kicked out. After Donald Trump exited the White House, D.C. was to be locked down because it will not be possible for a foreign ruler to rule over a sovereign country. Therefore, the foreign ruler must be locked out. In this case, that would be this new administration. Now you see what is meant by Lynn Wood's shouts that we are in the second revolution. That's what he means by a second revolution. Is that they're going for broke and they're going for a takedown and break ties with London, which, which we're bleeding money out of this country through the Federal Reserve. It, I don't know whether you remember this, but it didn't, it didn't uh, uh, attract a lot of news. But Trump, I don't know why he did this. I'd love to ask him, but he appointed that there was a vacancy on the Federal Reserve Bank. 
or the Federal Reserve Board. And he appointed a female. And there was a big stirrup over her. And people didn't like her. And they wouldn't vote her in. And I think Republicans too. And she was a return to the gold standard lady. Now that's exactly what's going to happen. If this shakedown happens, we're going to go to a new money system. And uh, so that's also in this. So uh, this says we are literally watching the reclaiming of the United States of America, upper and lowercase letters. If it was all caps, that'd mean corporation. This United States of America were just that, a bunch of states that united on this land called America. That's what it means. It's not a big old funky corporation, but that's what we've been running like since 1871. And the Rothschilds and all these big investors and the Soroses of the world and the people in, uh, in the Vatican that are loaded with billions and billions of dollars have been had their tentacles in the United States and getting huge amounts of money out of this country. Uh, and Trump says, no more. We're having a second revolution. What this means for we the people is many things. One of them is there's going to be no more IRS, according to this article. Watch and see how this plays out. It is a generous, it is a genius move. God is in, the ch- in charge of this nation and is now leading his elect to restore this great nation called by, by his name. Now, it says here that the city of London, <clears throat> that's a square mile within greater London. It's a square mile. Think about it now. One mile this way, one mile that way, one by it's just height, width, square, one, one mile. That's a, big, that's a big place. That's a restricted area you cannot just go visit. Even the Queen of England is not technically part of the greater London or England just as Vatican City is not part of Rome or Italy. Likewise, Washington, D.C. is not part of the United States that it controls. Do you know that? Washington, D.C. controls the United States, but it is not a part of it in that sense anymore. These three entities have one goal, and that is to do away with the old world order of sovereign nations and usher in the new global order under one government rule under the iron fist of the cabal. Now that's what both the Bushes, Clinton, all of these people have wanted. Now, I don't know about Jimmy Carter, but certainly John F. Kennedy did not want that and was assassinated when he spoke publicly that there was corruption and he wanted to get rid of the Federal Reserve. And I never knew that it was all tied together. But I'm getting it now through this latest fiasco uh, that Trump has known about it all along and had it in his his uh, sight to deal with it. Said these sovereign corporate entities have their own laws and their own identities. They also have their own flags and they each flag has uh, a three item on it, like three stars representing the trinity of these three city-states, also known as the empire of the city. The government of the United States, Canada, and Britain are all subsidiaries of the crown. That's Britain, as is the Federal Reserve in the United States. The ruling monarch in England is also subordinate to the crown. 
The global financial and legal system is controlled by the City of London, by the Crown. The square mile making up the Greater London is the global seat of power, at least at the visible level. Uh, okay, now the corporations, corporations are run by presidents. You've heard of that. The president of General Motors, the president of Enron, the president of Arco. So it says corporations run by presidents, which is why we call the person perceived to be to hold the highest seat of power in the land as our president. The fact is, the president is nothing more than a figurehead for the central bankers and transnational corporations uh, that control this country and ultimately call the shots. So, all right. Well, I wanted to uh, make that clear. I think that's what's happening right now. I think it's just not fighting over the votes and corruption. I think Trump had to go through all the processes of letting all the courts see if we've got a judge that's going to be honest, see any judge that's going to be honest, see if you could get the electoral votes. He followed all the constitutional steps to rectify, straighten out, correct the election that was was botched and stolen. Nobody had the courage and the integrity to deal with that. The judges were corrupt. So now uh, they're going through the next step, which is taking over uh, because they're not just saying, we're going to have a coup. These people committed treason. And now we have to have somebody that, in other words, right? If you violate, what good is violating? What good is uh, having a law? If you can violate the law, nobody does anything about it. Right. So you can have a law against peeing on Lou's lawn or defecating on Lou's lawn. But if nobody arrests anybody, you can have five of those laws and it's useless. So what good is it to have these laws about treason? And when you take an oath and swear in a Bible or swear, so help you God, that you're going to defend the Constitution against foes, foreign and domestic and then not, nobody does anything. It's kind of like the Brown Act at meetings. You can you can violate the Brown Act because, and then people say, hey, 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 you violate the Brown Act. You can't do that. You violate the Brown Act. Those are rules, right? Meeting rules. But if there are nobody to arrest you or fine you, you think it's really important? It's not important. doesn't mean anything. So, all right. So we will we will give a shout out to you a week from now. The party's over here today, and I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, do something good this week. Let's stand up for the truth. And if you want to check out churchofgladtidings.com website, you can listen to the free and the brave. Did I say that right? I get I get I twist them around. Free and the brave, or brave and the free. Uh, conference it'll be all on church website before you know it okay thanks for uh, paying attention and uh god bless you bye we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight we would especially like to welcome all the representatives of illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the palace hotel ballroom at this time we certainly hope you all enjoy the show and remember people that no matter